1: Not only just with the Big Ten, but nationally, as we continue, um, you know, to to make strides in recruiting uh, and also strides within our football team, to, to know that you know we want to get back to those days of being a blue blood. Again, we're not ever going to just arrive on that day, but events like this back up what you're saying, back up what's going on, uh, and continue to bring proof to what you're building within inside your walls. All
2: right, Mackie and Judd, about to fire this thing up, and it's going to be a Gopher Football Primer episode. We're going to welcome our We're friend welcome Pete Nigerian into the show here in just a second. But a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated, been helping business owners for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota. They are one of us from Owatonna, 1904. They own that town. Um, and they're also helping that town. And they're helping during this pandemic year, donating 18,000 N95 respirator masks to Owatonna Hospital and several outdoor blue lights for the Oatana Clinic Building. Federated cares about the community. They're putting the community first, and they're putting your business also uh, right there as well. Federatedinsurance.com to find out more. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours.
3: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com.
2: A great thing about playing in the Big Ten, about
0: playing at the University of Minnesota is, you know, we have a lot of rivalry games and, and they mean a lot. Um, so the Little Brown Jug obviously means a lot to our program and we would you know, want nothing more than to have it here in
3: Minneapolis. Again, having an opportunity to play a fantastic football team and to play for, uh, for the Little Brown Jug in a very historic football game It was an elite opportunity for us that we cherish.
2: Tanner Morgan using the word elite nine times in a 25-second soundbite. He has been trained well by P.J. Fleck. It's Mackie and Judd, and uh, we're going to dive into our Gopher football season preview episode here. But a quick word, the Vikings made a big trade today. They traded Unique Ngakwe to the Baltimore Ravens for a third-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick in 2022. Full breakdown on the Purple Daily podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, and ScoreNorth.com. And also our YouTube channel on the Vikings front is YouTube.com slash Purple Daily podcast. But uh, let's talk some Gopher football here. We got our friend... Pete Nigerian, the man, the myth, the legend. You're rocking your Gopher swag today, as we've got you on camera. Um, and uh, and I think that it's such a weird year, Pete, in that we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. There's already been games in the SEC that have been postponed, and so we're all just sort of going week to week with this thing. But if this thing plays out and the Gophers can play their schedule and guys stay healthy, are you uh, are you optimistic that they can build off last year? What are your thoughts? I am
4: just because of what they've got returning. Uh, you mentioned Tanner Morgan, obviously, and he, he understands the elite side of football for sure. So <laughs> he's got it down. But, you know, we we return most of our offense. When we look at the offensive line, they're back. I think they were one of the better offensive lines last year. They blocked extremely well. We had a great running game. I think our running backs are strong as well. Um, so when you look at the combination and Rashad Bateman coming back, and then, then we even we probably should use our tight end more this year. And, and that's something that I think, when you look at that position, it's it's always the position that's not, never used enough. I think that's the biggest problem I see in the NFL with the Vikings and other teams. But I, I look at it at the college level as well, and I see great athletes out there that almost are wide receivers. They're almost linemen, but they're somewhere in between. We call them tight ends. And who can stop them? That's why Gronk is Gronk. That's why we've got all these great tight ends, I think, now in the NFL, who were great in college, we've got a couple sitting at Minnesota right now that I think can easily be at the next level, and we should use them a little bit more defensively. That's where my concerns start to rise because we did lose so many players.
0: Exactly, uh, Pete, on Bateman. Uh, you, you've seen this team and program play for a long time and played here as well. Where does he rank among just flat out players? So not, not just at his position. Where does yeah. he rank among players that? you've seen because i just think he is so special and so good um and we we have not seen a ton of guys certainly like him here in this program in the last let's say 30 to 40 years
4: i totally agree with you i think he's got to be somewhere in the top five it's really hard to rank people especially at different positions and how great they are and what they've been able to accomplish but when i look at this guy uh from day one he looked special and the one thing that i my my I'm so happy for what the Golden Gophers is when I look at that team and I watch uh, them practice or I go out to games, but practice even more importantly, I see athletes like I have never seen at the university of Minnesota before. So Rashad Bateman is, is elite even in the category of all these other guys that I think look like big 10 and potentially NFL type players. I see their bodies. I see what they do. I see how hard they work. Rashad Bateman's on top of all of that. and And I think he, From a receiver standpoint, I don't think it's even close. He's the best I've ever seen that I can remember at the university. We've had great ones. We really have. But I think with his size and with his speed and how he runs his routes, I think he very easily is a guy who could fit into the NFL, and I know that there are projections out there, first round potentially and all the rest of that. I don't see why that's not a possibility because I think he is a game-changing receiver.
2: I believe I saw Mel Kuyper has him as the second-best wide receiver and the 10th-best overall player on the Mel Kuyper big board, which is pretty amazing.
4: That's pretty awesome. And, and you know, Kuyper's been around forever. I got all his books. I'm old school. When he used to put out these books that breaks down the draft, I got them all, man. I got, I got them going back to, like, 1985 or, Those or something are... like that. The,
0: it's, those are 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 worth a price, I'm sure, Pete Najarian. You should put those things out there. I I bet you could get about a hundred bucks
4: what, per book buck right now. What did he
2: write about you in the '80s? I
4: you know I, I think he said, "Who's this white slow guy who's running the Minnesota?"
0: <laughs> no, he said, "Future special teams ace, Pete Najarian." <laughs> yeah.
4: Great. That's exactly what I wanted to be as a special team.
2: <laughs> Pete, did you, did, pardon me. I was born in 85, so I didn't get to see your actual playing career. Uh, <laughs> you can, you can be my father, but what <laughs> but, did you wear a neck roll? Did you wear an eighties classic neck oh, roll? Yeah,
4: man. I did the whole thing. I I was Bosworth before Bosworth, but I was just <laughs> on the wrong team. man. I, I had the neck roll. I had the hair hanging out. I had the whole deal, but I mean, it was, you know, it, it was the era, and we wore the, the thigh pads that were way too big. Oh, we yeah. Wore, we, I mean, you know, we had it all. I mean, it was it was terrible. The the face masks were all screwed up. They were ridiculous looking. But, uh, yeah, the, I was from that era.
0: <laughs> Shoulder pads, Pete. I, I saw a, a clip um, of Daryl Thompson in a game yeah. circa 90 or so. And I forgot the running backs used to wear those shoulder pads. My God, they look like dome stadiums on their shoulders. It's the great old school football is the greatest because there's so many archaic things now that bring you a great laugh when, when you go back and watch them.
4: Oh, and I've got tapes. Mom and dad, they were great. They would, they'd video every game. You know, my senior year, I might be wrong exactly on this number, but I think I'm right. I think we had nine nationally televised games my senior year because Lou Holtz was there, and we had great games. We had one terrible game against, unfortunately, Michigan that we can talk about if we want to. But um, other than that, we had some great games that year, and a lot of them were – many of them were nationally televised. I mean, it was it was almost on a regular basis. We'd see Brent Musburger walking in with Eric and It was great. It was really, really fun to – to see all these, you know, legendary sports broadcasters coming into our place to do our games, but it was partially because Lou was smart. Lou moved our games to night games, and there weren't as many night games back then, and it it just sort of sucked in the media, right? And so we we'd have kickoffs at seven o'clock at night in the Metrodome, seven home games every year, and and you know we had a lot of them on national TV.
2: And I think I think that national presence is something that that's the biggest question here is that. Was last year and all the national fanfare and game day coming to town and game day is going to be here? You know, obviously fans aren't invited for for this uh, particular episode, but but was last year a pop up and and something that we're going to just look back on and say, well, I remember that one year where the Gophers had a really good season and, and then PJ went to Notre Dame two years later, or do you think <laughs> this is the beginning of an actual new level of Gopher football that can sustain itself? over the course of, let's say, five or ten years, where they maybe have a chance to go to a college football playoff or something?
4: That's a great question that I get a lot, particularly the one about, uh, about P.J. Will he be here? Everybody's talking about the possibility of, hey, look, is Harbaugh going to stay at Michigan? He's only got a year left in his contract. Maybe he goes back to the NFL and all that sort of conversation. And then who's the logical person to go there? Well, P.J. coached at Western Michigan. Why not P.J. going back to the University of Michigan? The one thing that my pushback on that is we do have the, the history of football here at Minnesota, and I think watching what PJ's been able to do, and, you know, he brings up the word culture and all these other things, but what he's done since he got here recruiting wise, I don't know that there are that many, you know, when he first got here, I'd say, you know what, if he goes to UCLA, I get it, or if he goes to Tennessee, I get it. Now I don't get it. I don't know why he wouldn't want to stay here. We're paying him the money, so that's one of those. And eventually we'll probably lift that up to a much higher level. But he's able to recruit here. And I'll bet you he's even somewhat surprised at how well and how easy it is to sell the kids out of Georgia, out of South Carolina, out of Texas, out of different parts of the country. You look on our roster, we've got guys from everywhere. And I think a lot of that is a tribute to the, the ability of those guys first to find these athletes, But secondly, to suddenly get guys that are three and four and maybe even a five-star athlete that would have gone to Alabama or Georgia, but we might even be able to out-recruit them uh, to come here to Minnesota. And it's a great place to live, and they can sell the 40-year deal and all that stuff that you can sell about Minnesota. I'm not so sure some of those jobs that he would have maybe taken if he would have left after year one. um, I don't know that he would take those now, even if he was offered.
0: I feel like that's changed, too. I, I feel like for a long time it, it was, if one of these 12 schools called, the guy is gone. Just for sure. He's gone. He's just going to leave. He's going to be bye-bye. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't still some elite, you know, upper echelon schools. But I feel like it's smaller now and, and that coaches now have the ability to stay in place and build. It, it used to be that you built to to depart. Like I built this. Now I'm going to go to Michigan and then I'm going to go to Bama. Um, Do do you agree that it feels like it's a different era now where if you do start to build something special at a big school like here, Mm -hmm. that you're going to be much more inclined to stay than you would have, say, circa 1992?
4: Absolutely. Uh, 100%. And I think it's, you know, I I think part of it does have to do with pay. Part of it does have to do with the prestige of the league that you're in and all the rest of that. I mean, to be honest with you, I think of, of the big Power Five conferences, the Pac-12 is the one that everybody forgets about and doesn't really care as much about. And I, and I say that as a guy who grew up in the Bay Area, California, his whole family went to Cal. But these days, people just don't care about that whole West Coast and, and, and for whatever reason. And, and the brand of football is a little bit different. So, um, you know, and it's interesting. And they lost one of the great coaches of all time that, I still kick us Minnesota for not grabbing him when we did, but he goes out to Washington state and turns them into a power. I, when I was a kid and Mackie, this is even pre 85. I'm, I'm going back to 81, 82 Washington state didn't win games. I mean, they'd go, they'd go season after season going, maybe they'd win one or two games and then they get this crazy coach in there who throws the ball all over the field and suddenly uh, turns them into a place to go. And, and everywhere he's been, he's been the place to go. That's a guy who's a little bit different than a PJ, though, where I think PJ loves the fact that he's building something. And it's a little bit like what Saban was able to do at Alabama because they were down, guys. I don't know if you remember, but they were pretty terrible. And they had years where this wasn't Alabama football and the bear was long gone. And it's like, hey, what's happened here? He takes over and he's Built that thing into an absolute unbelievable dynasty, right? the, I mean, the Gophers beat year.
0: beat Bama. That's all, that's all. Yeah. you need to know. Two thousand, right. Two thousand 2003, <laughs> like three, I think. But yeah. but I mean that the point is, yes, Pete's exactly right.
2: Yeah. Um, Tanner Morgan, I I love Tanner Morgan, and I think there's. I think there's a chance he could become a viable NFL starting quarterback at some point, which might be just a little bit of a homer over the top take. But Pete, the two things I love the most about Tanner Morgan are leadership and accuracy. And and that, that intermediate accuracy on those slant routes. I think if you can be accurate between you know 8 yards in the air and 20 yards in the air, especially with a guy like Rashad Bateman, just put it anywhere near his catch radius and, and he's going to make you look good. But the other thing that I love about him on the leadership front is in college, you see so many times in games where the clock is ticking down, or there's a big moment, or momentum is swinging against you, and you can see quarterbacks get nervous and turtle up and make a dumb play, or stare at the sidelines and they, you know deer in the headlights. And he feels like a guy who has been empowered by the coaching staff to just be confident and take control in those situations. And I don't think we've seen many guys. I mean, Adam Weber was a little bit like that, but he didn't have the infrastructure around him that PJ Fleck has brought. So, what are your? Th- do you agree with me on Tanner Morgan? And what are your? What are your additional thoughts on him?
4: I, I would agree with you, even to the point of going even a little bit further and saying that last year Fields was probably the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Right? I think that's arguably it's easy. It's 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 a layup. But as a dual threat, I think Tanner Morgan throws the ball better. I think as a drop back quarterback who can survey the field and look around and has confidence and does a great job of spreading it around, when you, when you look at quarterbacks, what I like to see is a quarterback who does, he doesn't have just one favorite receiver, but he's got multiple, and he's willing to do that. And that's, that's really the key to me of what makes a guy go from the college level to the NFL level and have more success. When he's not just going to the same guy every time on a go route and he gets a couple of touchdowns out of it, every week, and suddenly he's a great quarterback. I want to see a guy who's going to dump it to the tight end. He's going to swing it out to the backs. He's going to throw all the different uh, ladder levels of, of throwing. And he's got guys out there. I, I love the fact that we have our receiver back with Bateman. That's great. I think we've got other guys around him. We're going to miss Tyler Johnson, but I think Autumn Bell and some of these guys are going to step up and be great. And I think he's going to be a smart enough quarterback. Again, he only threw to your point of being, about being accurate. He threw seven interceptions. I was I was doing a little bit breakdown um, for something else on the pro level, but I was looking at the Green Bay Packers and I was looking at you know where uh, our new offensive coordinator came from at Utah State, and I'm looking at Jordan Love. This kid was an, an interception machine. There, yeah. it's funny that he got. It's another one of these deals where he goes to the combine, they fall in love with his athleticism and how big he is and what he can do and all this stuff. But I'll tell you what, accuracy, to your point, is what matters. And when these guys fling it around and they're just hoping the guys can catch it, when Tanner Morgan's throwing the ball and he does throw it up there and he gives those guys, the receivers, a chance to, to catch it, but he's throwing it to them. He's not just throwing it up in the air. So I think he's, his accuracy really is there. And I'll tell you, I think if if he does what we were talking about early on, throws the ball around to some of those big tight ends, it will open up the deep ball that much more and give them an opportunity. And as good as Michigan is supposedly on defense coming into this year, every year is going to be different, but they got a great D line, but they're really young in a lot of spots. And I think that hopefully he can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm.
0: What in your mind is the key to getting past Wisconsin or at least equaling them? Uh, so year in, year out, you can trade punches and probably probably, Best case, go back and forth with, with that West Division title.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it just has to – you know, there's got to get to a point where we have a confidence level and we don't get away from our game plan. I think, you know, with our offensive line, I think we always do have to worry – not worry, but I think we do have to establish a running game and, and commit to it and force them to be able to say they can stop us. I mean, when you've got the guys that we've got on our offensive line – have you guys stood next to those guys? We look like, and this is a compliment <laughs> to what they did recruiting wise, but Wisconsin used to, that's what we look like now, is what they've always looked like. They get a bunch of six foot seven, 330 pound guys up front that are massive, that are just going to maul you. And it's tough to find where the running backs even are as a linebacker. And I think we've pushed ourselves into a great position. I think they keep recruiting these mammoth guys. And I like what they're doing, but we've got to establish the running game and we've got the running backs to do it. But, you know, when you when you get away from the game plan and I see this happen with offensive and defensive quarters all the time, they almost panic early in games. They start to get a little bit nervous. Hey, this isn't working. Sometimes you just got to keep on getting after it. And I, the one thing I would say watching Wisconsin over the years, watching them beat us many times, unfortunately, over a TCF or in the dome, they stick with the game plan and try to run the ball down your throat. And I think, you know, when you when you watch how they work and how they're patient about how they do it, that's what we have to be is patient. It doesn't mean we can't throw the ball here and there, but you establish the running game, and eventually those linebackers got to get a little close to the line of scrimmage, opens up for the tight ends going right up there 10 yards and doing a little button hook and, getting the wide receivers to the outside but you got to establish the the running game and i think that's something wisconsin's done such a great job of because those big guys up front just mauled us for years now we're in the same position to be able to do the same
2: thing okay. Pete and the Jerry, Najarian, here before we say goodbye and and let you go for the day what was the, i just i'm curious what was the first time sid hartman ever ever figured out who you were do you remember the first time that, that you popped up on his radar
4: uh my Sophomore year of high school, he came over to Minneapolis Central for a football practice, and he had his little tape corner on his side. And he comes walking up to me, and he goes, "Let me tell you something. You're not going to go to Cal like your brother Paul. You're going to go to the University of Minnesota. You're going to be a star. Listen to me right now." And I'm looking at, him, oh, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> our coach, Mr. Robinson, is looking at him, going, "Hey, Sid." Get out
0: of here. 70 years threatening high school kids that they'd never work in this town again if they didn't become U of M players. (laughs) <laughs> listen Hartman. to Jared; you're never gonna work here. also
2: if Sid Hartman had a LinkedIn profile it would be you know 75 <laughs> years as a sports journalist uh, general manager of the Lakers and then also about 55 or 60 years as the recruiting director for Gophers football so oh and <laughs> hockey <laughs> evidently <laughs> as well <Yep. laughs> and basketball yep <laughs> basketball uh, too <laughs> and by the way yeah. Pete Najarian gave me a good question point that brings me to twenty one on the year and Judd at nineteen. So, oh, am I, am I at nineteen? Twenty one to nineteen. Yeah,
0: yeah, I thought I asked some real good questions, but I guess uh, you know, well, I, guess you I, that guy, I guess I couldn't get there. <laughs> couldn't get there with Pete Najarian. tell you something, sir. You're never coming on the show again. Hey, <laughs> okay, last thing I got to
4: tell you guys, I missed you at the fair this year. I love the fair and walked. I don't do. Seeing you guys, man. I, I know Pat hated it and Joe hated it. I love it. And I miss seeing you guys out
2: there. <laughs> well, hopefully, we hopefully next too, year, and and even if hopefully next year, and if not, then at least the four of us can can get a couple pronto pups and uh, and just go down there alone and hang out. I'm in. All right, I'm in. <laughs> Pete Najarian, <laughs> yeah. Gophers legend. Thanks for hanging out with Thanks, us, uh, you, Mackie and Judd, with our Gopher football preview. And uh, when we come back here in just a second, I've got five pressing, burning questions Ooh. about the Gopher football team burning questions, explosive questions.
1: That's right. sizzler. Again, I don't want you all to think, you know, we have 65 players out right now. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I I'm just saying as a whole, what could happen now, what could happen then, what could happen in six weeks from now, as we continue to talk, uh, and how, and where my mindset is. Uh, but it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, the season is going to kick off with a rivalry game. Uh, at TCF Bank Stadium with College Game Day here, you couldn't ask for much more, everybody.
2: P.J., Flack ahead of this weekend's Big Ten opener, Gophers and Michigan. How ridiculous is it that the Gophers in Michigan, they've play, I mean, they haven't played every year, but, like, they play on a regular basis. The Gophers haven't beat Michigan at home since 1977. It was a great game, though. Were
0: you there, Judd? That was a fun game. No. I was seven. <laughs> Not there yet. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's remarkable, considering that, They've had uh, certainly some leads. Two thousand
2: three. Oh my god!
0: And the that Michigan has not been, track. and you know, Michigan has not exactly been great every single year. And, and of coor- well, of course, the Tracy Clay's game.
2: That was, I was just gonna say the yeah. Tracy Clay's game. Like you had to work motion at the goal line and bleeds the clock dry.
0: Yep, exactly. Tracy right. Clay's is Fam- coming. Famous town. famous song, <laughs> but I mean, you have to to lose the game that Clay's is team lost. You had to actually work.
2: Declan, have you heard the Tracy Clay song before?
5: No. You, I, I love oh, the, I know oh, the, I know the, you know, freezing my ass off. That's, you know. No, the songs by the Eulog? Oh, okay. I know. The, the Bruce Boudreaux one's my all time favorite one. Oh, Rusty the Tracy Boudreau Clay's one was my one favorite, was a but I don't remember hey, the,
2: Do you remember the game where the Gophers, it was cold Halloween. Halloween yeah. Tracy Clay's had taken over as the interim coach because yep. Jerry Kill had health issues. Yeah. And like, the Gophers were like ready to punch it in. They 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 had a touchdown that was kind of called back because the, uh, yep. the receiver hit down at like the two yard line, and they had <laughs> so they had like four plays to
5: punch it in. Was this an evening game too? Yes. Yeah, I remember watching a at my night. college radio station yeah. running the board for a hockey game and watching this, you know, travesty unfold before me. Oh my god. Boys, we got a new football coach in town. Oh, I'm sure
3: excited about this one. That yeah, defense
1: should be good.
3: Yeah, clock management might be a little bit of a problem, but we can work on that. No need to sweat the details. I tell you what, I believe in him. Tracy Clays, he's going to be a good one. You better watch out. We got a new guy. Runs motion at the goal line and bleeds the clock dry. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Woo! He used to assist. His defense was grand. He's got a girl's name. Now Tracy's the man. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Oh, yeah. A close game against Michigan. Oh victories
1: sure are great. Woo-hoo!
3: You better watch out, we got a new guy. Runs motion at the goal line and bleeds the clock dry. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town.
2: Huge tip of the cat to uh, to Dave Harrigan for helping to write those those lyrics. That's, uh, that's the, that's the story. Ass, that
0: there, <laughs> there it is. There it is, Tracy Clays. All, right.
2: all right, you guys ready for five burning gopher football questions? Hit me. Five scintillating gopher football questions? All right. All right. Do you guys sense that last year was a pop-up great peak season, or do you think it was the start of... Of a new successful stretch. And by new successful stretch, I don't mean like the Glenn Mason successful stretch where they just went to crappy bowl games every year. I mean like they go to the Big Ten championship game once every handful of years or they compete for a college football playoff like next level good. What are your thoughts, Judd?
0: I think last year was actually um, the start of something. It, it Especially the Badgers game was a bit disappointing, but it also was tracking in the right way. So, no, I do not think that last year was a fun pop-up year that that is not going to be sustainable and that this program is going to take a big step back. In fact, I would argue that that was just the start of something. Uh, My question... my. My confidence and question Mm. is not can they win the West, because I think that they can. I don't know if it's 2020, because this is going to be a really weird year in which there's going to be kids who miss a bunch of games, and we don't know about it till game day and stuff. It's just going to be weird. But long term, um, I'm confident that this team is going to be able to and will win the West title a few times, and Mm. that it's going to be Wisconsin. It's going to be Wisconsin. It's going to be Minnesota. It's going to be probably the Hawkeyes at times. Mm -hmm. I don't... Nebraska is in, in there too. And, and
2: Scott Frost is just like Scott, a classic meathead idiot guy. Well, and
0: I don't know about them. But my point my point is I I think the golfers I do not think the golfers are going to dominate. I do think the golfers are going to be competitive on a yearly basis. My question, my next question is this. I'm so confident that the golfers are going to vie for and win uh, West Division titles. My question where I sort of stop myself from getting too excited and say I don't know. Is can they then go to the the Big Ten championship games uh game and beat the likes of the Ohio State Buckeyes? That one I'm not sure about yet, but I think they are very much tracking to be in the conversation, to be in th- yeah. that game. Um, if not consistently, then certainly not once every ten years.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think we should have any conversations about them being on the Ohio State level. I Correct. mean, Wisconsin's not even on the Ohio State level.
0: That's what I'm saying, though. But but I, but I can they consistently now compete and be on the Badgers' level? My answer is yeah. yes. There's no reason yeah. why they can't.
2: And they're not there yet either, but they're knocking on that door. They won a couple of years ago. Uh, the Badgers slapped them back in the face uh, on, on the game day Saturday last year. But the thing I would point to for this being an actual sustained next level for the Gophers is recruiting. Yeah. And recruiting, you know, sometimes can be a little deceiving because you know, just because you drafted a four star or drafted, just because you uh, recruited a four-star guy doesn't mean he's going to pan out. But in general, when you look at recruiting rankings, and I'm on twenty four seven sports. dot com right now. Okay, here are the 2021 rankings for recruiting to this point. Alabama's number one. Ohio State's number two. Yep. Oregon, Clemson, LSU, USC, Michigan, Georgia, Florida, Notre Dame. It's 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 a snapshot of who the best teams in college football are for the most part. You see some stragglers in there once in a while, like Michigan recruits better than they actual pl- actually play. Uh, Tennessee USC recruits the same the better. thing. Yeah, lately, anyways, for USC, yeah. well, the Gophers are twenty sixth for two thousand twenty one recruiting class. That's a lot higher than they were under Glenn Mason, under Tim Brewster. Tim Brewster had, like, one big recruiting year, but there was was some some. controversy that he, like, helped fudge the rankings for some players. That was smoke
0: and mirrors, too. Yes. All smoke and mirrors.
2: And then once he got players in, even if they were talented, he had no idea how to, like, actually get them to be good players. And P.J. Fleck has shown a propensity for that. And so the the Gophers are in a mix recruiting-wise in terms of ranking with schools like Washington and Arizona State, Baylor, Penn State, good solid power five programs and so i think talent wise like the fact that they have four four star recruits that are coming in for 2021 it shows that the talent that's coming in is not a fluke
0: the rashad batemans of the world do not come to your school through a fluke right and like and, you don't get that that kid <laughs> I can't believe we got him we'll never get a kid like like that again he is such a special player that he sets a dynamic of of not what you're going to get in a ton of players but if you if
2: you can get guys like him sometimes you're special and I think when you get guys like that in the door, you better cash in like you better make sure that those players develop they help you win and then they go to the NFL and if you yep. start to build patterns like that, now you have reference points to walk into living rooms and say listen, you want to come play for, you want to play in the NFL you want to be a top 15 draft pick Look what we did. We shot. Look what we did with Corey Davis at Western Michigan. That guy was you know, right. first round draft pick, wide receiver, kind of a bust. But and then, by the way, they were 38th in recruiting last year too. So they've been climbing up the rankings.
0: Fleck, the one thing that that we don't talk about, and I have uh, said this for a while, when it comes to PJ Fleck, I, and I think it should be focused on more, is I think the guy can flat out coach offense really well. Like I think he's a good coach, and and he can certainly, to what you're saying, recruit as well. But I also think that he he is probably right now the best offensive football mind in this state, and that includes yeah. and that includes the folks that uh, work
2: in Egan. I don't disagree with that. All right, burning question number two. And Dex, by the way, I know that
5: you're not a huge Gopher football guy, but if you have takes, you throw yourself in. Oh, I, I have takes. I definitely have takes because all my like Gopher fandom is like winning a Sun Bowl in two thousand two. <laughs> Like, I remember watching those games. I remember watching the Michigan collapse. That Sun Bowl was great. Okay. It was. It How dare you denigrate I, that? Was Sun that Sun Bowl? A, I think that might have been a Joey Harrington, Oregon team that they beat. So, yeah. They a, were happy just to go to the win. Sun Bowl back then. It was a big win. But, the, like, it's just not been something that's been a big fabric of my life. And it's most because, look, they've been basically mediocre to average or below average for the majority <laughs> of my lifetime. So, last year, when they win 11 games and they finish in the top 10, they pull off a big win against Auburn. It is exciting. And even the last time, I just had to look this up the last time the Gophers. Won at least nine games in back-to-back seasons, 1901 and 1902. <laughs> so I really don't think you can blame me, even or blame anyone for that matter, for like not just silly really dogging on the Gophers because I will never root for Wisconsin or Iowa. But it, it's definitely a part of the thing where the Gopher football team, outside of PJ, and last year, now it's starting to become exciting. So I'm excited to watch them. This it's pretty year. amazing. Like it's not it that is. hard to win nine games. There was a less. long,
0: there there was a, a long, long time where where. You would watch the golfers play an early game on a Saturday. Hmm. And then at like 2.30 or so, an SEC game comes on, right? And you would say to yourself, is this the same sport? Yeah. Like, are are these, was one a high school game and one a pro game? Was one a high school game and maybe a (laughs) college game? Yeah. Uh, This has been the first time, and there have been a few times, but... Last year was the first time where you watched the golfers. I thought, consistently and said, oh, yeah, they, <laughs> they, be- they belong in a conversation. I'm not saying they're there. Yeah, I mean, but the Auburn belong- game
2: was a great testament to that.
0: But, you know, when you watch, again, a guy like Bateman or Winfield play, those guys could be transplanted onto the Alabama roster tomorrow and fit in instantly.
2: Yeah. Okay, uh, question number two. How far are the Gophers capable of going in 2020? So I'm not I'm not asking where you think I'm saying if if things click for the Gophers, how far do you think they are capable of going in 2020? Assuming that like COVID doesn't wipe things out,
0: uh, I think they're capable of winning the Big Ten West probably. Um, with of course, to your point, there are lots of questions pending about the roster and who's going to play on a weekly basis. But yeah, if things click, I think they can win the Big Ten West. Uh, I think they would definitely lose in the Big Ten title game. Assuming that that goes off as well without a hitch, so I think they're capable. I think they're capable. Best case of probably being um, near about number ten in the Associated Press top ten.
2: You and I are pretty much in one. Like eight on this to ten one. or something like that. I think they're capable of winning seven out of eight games in the regular season. If, it, if they went undefeated, it wouldn't completely floor me, but I think they're capable of going seven and one, and I think they're capable of getting to the Big Ten championship game. Um, but I don't think they're capable of beating Ohio State in that game. So they would either need Ohio State to not make it to that game, and then they have a chance. So I think they're kind of knocking. I think they're knocking on that tier two of the Big Ten door, which is what they were- that's the room that they were in last year. I think they're knocking on the same room, provided that the defense finds uh, some new hidden gems. That's going to be the biggest question. I think they're going to score points, yeah, but their defense might hold them back in some of these games, especially against oh, yeah. like teams that know what they're doing offensively, like Wisconsin. So I, I think they're capable of getting close to where they were last year, and and then the rest depends on defense. Um, Declan, takes how far can they go?
5: I think they can win the Big Ten West. And look, I, I would love to say put them in the Rose Bowl, but like I said, I the Sun Bowl and the Meineke Car Bowl, and and what they had this there in the Citrus Bowl last year against Auburn. I don't believe. forget about the Micron PC
2: dot com Outback Bowl. Right? Forget
5: Outback Bowl. Citrus Bowl, Bowl was last year. a
2: was a. Two or three
5: years ago. And was the Outback Bowl the Texas Tech collapse on New Year's Eve? That was the Insight Bowl, wasn't it? Insight Bowl, classic bowl game names, my God. Arizona for that one, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. but I think the Big Ten West should be like their expected ceiling. Like if if you're putting them in the BCS or the Rose Bowl for that matter, and I always forget if the Rose Bowl's part of that. It is is this year. I I think it's maybe too lofty to say that at this point, just given their history. But winning the Big Ten West should absolutely be Mm. their ceiling and expectation. Okay, if your life was on the line mm-hmm. in some crazy, you know, action movie sequence,
2: and someone said, your life's on the line, you have to pinpoint what their regular season record will be. What do you think their regular season record will be this year? They're playing nine, eight, eight, nine, eight, eight, eight games?
0: games. Okay. And I'll give eight you their schedule
2: season. here. Yeah. Actually, I, just, I have a Wisconsin schedule open here. Um, so here is the uh, Gopher see, schedule. Shows who you decide you're on. They basically play the same schedule as Wisconsin. So they start off against Michigan this weekend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then they play at Maryland, at Illinois,
5: mm-hmm. home
2: against Iowa, home against Purdue, at Wisconsin, home against Northwestern, at Nebraska. It's actually a pretty favorable schedule. Yeah. yeah. I. Um, so my life depends on this next statement I'm about to make? Yes. <laughs> you have to nail it or your life
0: is in jeopardy. Oh, yeah, okay. Come on. I'm going six and two. Me too. I, there, there's going to there, be a go. There will be one goofy loss or something. Okay, but I mean, this year is going to be so weird. So yeah, six and two.
2: I think the, uh, the the at Wisconsin game is a problem, and then I think one of either Michigan, Iowa, yes. or at Nebraska is a problem. Saturday. I don't think they're going to lose the other games. Th- this first game is not going to be easy by any means. No, it's it's definitely. I mean, if you win that game, you have a legitimate chance to go seven and one. Yeah. yeah. Here's my question: the secondary. Winfield was a
0: phenomenal player. Yes. He's just gone now. Okay, yeah, you lost like four drafted defensive Camille players: Martin, Kamal Martin, right? Yeah, uh, Winfield's gone. Uh, Coughlin's gone, and who, who was the th- fourth one? Uh, Chris w- Williamson's gone. Uh, but I just think the loss in the back end of a guy in Winfield who made how many plays? Like he was a
2: rover. He also just, like saved a couple games for you too. Yeah, early but he on. was a
0: rover. He was yeah. everywhere. So. That one, to to me, um, from the secondary standpoint, becomes a huge question
2: mark. Yeah, it's – and I guess the good news is there's not that many quarterbacks on your schedule that you're really worried are going to carve you. You know, I I would say – College can be weird,
0: though, because sometimes schemes can carve you if if your secondary is not experienced. It's
2: not like the pros sometimes. Like, you don't get Justin Fields. Uh, Michigan has had questions at quarterback – so I, I'm i not saying it's not going to be an issue, but I just don't... It's not like you're going through saying, oh my God, there's like three NFL quarterbacks here that, on your schedule that you're going to face. Nate Stanley's gone. Is Jack Cohn still going to be the quarterback Thank God, for Nate, Stan- Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley, God. man. God. My God. I love Iowa. They always have like nine NFL tight ends, and their quarterbacks are still terrible. Awful. Although Nate Stanley might get some run be- with the Vikings this year before it's all said and done. Nah, it'll be Jake Biden. All right,
5: Declan, your life is on the line. <laughs> well, because uh, my life expectancy is so short given my family history... Um, I don't have a lot of stock in. Uh, You're not my worried life. about this. I'm not really worried about my life. I think they go seven and one. I think they go seven and one, and especially if they beat Michigan. Michigan's and Wisconsin are probably two of your biggest opponents. You got to knock off. You don't get Ohio State this year, correct? So correct. That's, that is humongous. So I think seven and one should absolutely be the expectation. You get cupcakes between the uh, Michigan and Wisconsin game. Yeah. So I, right. I
2: think they can go seven and one. All right. Burning question number four. Do you guys think PJ Fleck will still be the head coach of the Gophers in five years from now?
5: I, I do not. I'm okay, just gonna jump the gun is... and say I really do not. I, I think what he's building here is excellent, and if it continues, I think he goes off to either Notre Dame, like I think he goes to a bigger school, and or he makes the jump to the NFL. I, I don't. I think it's like the NFL thing is intriguing. It's he'd, so have to, int- he'd have to change his style. It's he, so he, intriguing, and yeah, it, like I don't think it's like possible. It's exciting to say, like, man, could you imagine PJ Fleck coaching the Patriots one day? Like, just like the thought of that <laughs> I is I God.
0: I honestly think he's too smart. What do you mean too smart for what to the the National Football League and its players would so go against the grain of some of the things that Fleck does so well that it would if he were to do it he, his style like I do think I think his football mind could do it but his style and personality if you try and sell that to a group of grizzled players is much different
2: well that's and that's the question because the grizzled players are Twenty-eight year old guys, like it's not. You know, I know, they're but they're there old. every
0: day, and they don't want to hear. Like, like the, the message has to be somewhere between what Fleck does now and what like Sean McVay does.
2: But could I make a case? So I, I agree with most of what you guys are saying in that. Well, let me answer the question first. I don't think he will still be the coach of Minnesota in five years, but I think he will have left the program in an amazing spot for them to get another great coach. I think he will have brought this program to a level that makes it easy to find either an established coach that wants to come here or or the next PJ Fleck type guy. But let me present to you a comparison for PJ going to the NFL. He would definitely have to get rid of some of the the isms and the acronyms and things like that. Like I don't think you can just go in and have hyper culture on your wall and not get laughed <laughs> out of a room in the NFL. You got to you got to ease into some of that stuff in the NFL. But Pete Carroll is a super positive, enthusiastic life coach type of a guy. Now, Pete Carroll's also like sixty-five years old, and he's kind of the goofy old guy, and got fired twice from pro teams, right? But I'm before saying before he sort of
0: retooled it.
2: The, but the current version of Pete Carroll is like an older version of PJ Fleck without some of the, you know, right. uh, I guess acronyms and things. So I think it can work, but but you have to you have to come in with credibility. And in the case of of Pete Carroll, he came in with like national championship in college credibility, and had been an NFL coach for decades, right? So, or for like two decades. So, I almost think PJ might have to go to the NFL as a coordinator first, and then become a head coach. But
0: he, but he talks about and loves to build lives and kids, and and talk about. And so does Pete Carroll, right? But if I'm if I'm Fleck, I am in the the right job now. It could go to a different uh, place. I get that Michigan, the Irish, something like that. I totally get that one. But like what he loves to do. I think is being fulfilled in college. So why take on, uh, unless you just say it's too much to turn down. Uh, Everyone has an ego though. And if, let if, me if give the Super you Super
2: Bowls, Nick Saban went to the NFL for a little while. So yeah. so uh, the
0: odds would definitely say that both of you guys are right and that he won't be here in five years. But let me give you again, in fact, I, I'm trying to do one of these per, per day because life sucks right now, okay? <laughs> P squared, pandemic positives, okay? Love it. The pandemic positive in five years. So five years is not 10 or 15 years. Five years is actually, it's going to be five years, and we're going to be like, oh, it's only five years. It goes by quick, okay? The reality is this. A lot of places that would have had a lot of money to throw around, it's going to take some time to get them back on track, to get to the financial viability that they had a few years back, right? So I think that there's a case to be made that if Fleck comes to the Gophers the and say, Notre Dame just called me. At one time, you'd say, bye, it's been fun. The pandemic positive is, I don't know that that's a slam dunk within five years. Like, I'm not sure about that.
2: But he's also, like, the Gophers cut his pay by, I think, the most of any Big Ten coach, too. So in terms of, like, finances, other teams would be able to pay him more than the Gophers. Absolutely.
0: I'm just saying that as the recovery goes, I wonder if it's going to slow down the big splash moves of guys for a
2: while it could until a, a group of rich boosters gets antsy and says screw it let's take out a loan
0: <laughs> i got Get a question PJ for you here. boys if fleck let's say he just continues to track r- really well and he's young and vibrant and does a good job and let's let's say let's say that this that this program becomes a big 10 west contender and and hell you know what let's say they win the big 10 title they go uh to indianapolis and they win that game they beat ohio state or michigan or something could we be shooting too low here? Could he be Nick Saban's replacement? Hmm. I don't think that list is huge right now. Like I, I think there's that's a, a good that's a good one. There's a lot of names we throw around. Okay,
2: actually, let me let me take your question and twist it. Okay. I want to twist my question. I love <laughs> PJ Fleck. I know a lot of people think that he's fake and he's hokey and all these things, and then does he probably crank the volume up on his personality? Yes. He's a little bit like a professional wrestler, you know. Um, I think he's oh, mostly president. being himself, but he's also, you know, he's also putting out a little bit of a show yeah. because it works. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. His style clearly works at the two stops he's been at as a college football coach. He has rebuilt an irrelevant Western Michigan program and he has brought the gopher football team to a height that they haven't seen in decades. Is PJ Fleck the next Nick Saban? Whether he does it okay. at Alabama or not. Like is PJ Fleck.
1: A very is different he on person track to be like.
2: If we look back in twenty five years from now, or we the, can look back and say, PJ Fleck was a generationally great college football coach. I think he's that good. Hmm. And obviously, he I has guess to that's prove so, it and sort out. of
0: my question: is would, would he be? Because he's not. If he replaces Saban, it's not the same guy. But you know, in I don't know, to take your pick of years, two thousand twenty seven or something. Is he the next guy that a college like Bama as? Saban yes. is stepping away. Would look at it and say, "This is the perfect replacement for this era."
2: I think you have to be prepared for that if you're the University of Minnesota,
0: because that's the job. I mean, he's not, gonna, you know, he's not going to say, "Well, I can't go
2: to Alabama." I and it's matter. also worth noting here, since we're doing the Sabin and the PJ Fleck comparison, which, like, we're literally comparing PJ Fleck to the greatest college well, football and, coach of all time. And uh, I'm, and it's, ju- but it's just a thought.
0: It's not just to be clear, okay? So, like, don't send us notes saying you guys are <laughs> morons, okay?
2: It's just a thought exercise. So he's actually off to a better start in his his college, like the beginning of his college coaching career that Nick Saban got off to. So both guys had sort of smaller jobs. Nick Saban coached a year at Toledo in 1990. And that might have been an interim situation, but he coached one year at Toledo. Then he went to the Browns. I think he just quit. And uh, P.J. Fleck coached four <laughs> years at Western Michigan. Toledo went 9-2 and two, and they tied for first in the Mid-America Conference. Well, P.J. Fleck went like 11-1 and one or something or 12-1 and one, and played in the Cotton Bowl against Wisconsin. Yep. And then Nick Saban went to the Big Ten for five years. Michigan State, his best year at Michigan State, they went nine and two and six and two in conference. And uh, he left before they played in the Citrus Bowl. PJ Fleck's best year at Minnesota came earlier and was better. So he's already reached loftier heights earlier on. And then Saban went to the went to LSU and then to Alabama, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So is there a next step for PJ, or would he be able to do that stuff here if they pay him enough money? I, I think he's a, I think he's aiming to be a generationally great college football coach. So final question for you guys here. Burning questions. Tanner Morgan. Do you guys think Tanner Morgan will be a starting quarterback in the NFL in three years from now? I do
0: not. No, I think he's good. I I think he is um, a very smart QB. I think he is a big time film guy studious. Uh, Do I think he'll be a starting quarterback in the National Football League in three years? I don't. Um, I do foresee him with his approach, though, down the road quite a bit as being a very successful National Football League assistant like and a possibly or head coach. I think he's going to take, he strikes me as a really, really smart kid. And I think he's going to, to take, again, the thing that we don't talk about enough about Fleck, which is offensive ideas, which I think Fleck is full on. Of them, and it's very it's very funny that PJ does a very good job of masking his football smarts with with his worldly I love you blah blah blah. He never really talks about his football acumen, which, which is high. Um, so no, I don't think that Tanner is starting quarterback in three years. I do think he has a very successful career as a backup, and I do think that he tracks to be a guy who we're going to see on a sideline at some point um, if that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm.
5: What about you, Dex? Well, it's definitely deceiving. I think a little bit just because college offenses is so much different than the NFL. That being said, he is that one season just last year was probably the best Gopher quarterback season I've had in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And there's been some like Adam Webb and Ryan Cooper who have put up stats, you know, and even like my guy Asada dual Kalique. That's who, that was like the first Gopher quarterback I remember. He was fun. yeah, Mitch Lat. Oh no, nope, never mind. Nope, nope, stop, no, stop. Stop. Guys. No, stop. Would stop you guys right there. Just stop. Don't please. say anything else. But I do think his season last year was the best go for football season by a quarterback in like 25, 30 years maybe ever. Yeah. So I don't think he's a starter right away. I think he's probably more room to be a, a, a backup and maybe one day he can be in the NFL. But I, I need to probably see it one more time and then see what happens in the draft.
2: So I actually, I, I don't think he's going to be a star quarterback, but I actually think he has potential to be like an Andy Dalton level starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. where Or like a Ryan Tannehill before he went to the Tennessee Titans just a, like the 18th best starting quarterback he's going to make a really good living and make millions of dollars and uh, probably becomes a backup at some point but it's it's the same two things that i i talked about with Pete Najarian at the beginning of the episode if if you're accurate intermediate and you can like you can complete those 5 10 15 yards down the field passes and if you have enough of an arm to throw the ball down the field to some extent and you're a great leader you're going to have a career at the very least as a backup in the NFL and he also seems like, to Judd's point, seems like the type of guy that would be just really good in a quarterback room. You know, he's, he brings good energy. He's smart. He's a leader. Like, he's all those things that you'd want in, at the very least, a backup quarterback. And um, and I could see him getting some run. I think he probably gets drafted, you know, considering how desperate teams are for quarterbacks, too. I think he gets drafted in, like, the second or the third round. Ooh. Maybe even by the Vikings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, right now, all right, this is from last week or two weeks ago. Mel Kuyper updated his quarterback rankings for the 2021 draft. And uh, he did move Tanner Morgan outside of the five. I think he had Morgan at one point in the five. So um, so with that, it pretty much eliminates Tanner Morgan from being a first-round pick unless he has a, a big-time abbreviated season. But I think he gets drafted for sure, and I think he gets some run at some point. So those are five burning questions.
5: He, he's kind of like... Diet, in a way, like Diet Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville. Like, Teddy Teddy started in day one, I believe. He, like, even started as a true freshman. But he has the leadership qualities, does all the little things correct, people galvanize towards him. Like, it's similar to that.
2: Yeah, it's not a – I mean, it's – yeah, he de- definitely is, like, the, the torch carrier for the locker room, and that's what Teddy Bridgewater has been. Give me a heavy dose of
0: Rashad Bateman, and I'm just happy. <laughs> okay.
2: You're going to get a very heavy dose oh, of Rashad Bateman. Oh, my play, God, and yeah. And he's going to go
0: get the football. It's going to be incredible. Yep. Current current wide receiver rankings in this town: Justin Jefferson is now one. He's number one. Rashad Bateman is now two. Adam Thielen is three. No, Adam Thielen's still number Rashad, two. Rashad Bateman's a better player than
2: Adam Thielen's one of the ten best receivers in the NFL. That's how good Rashad Bateman is. I, I know say. Bateman's good, it's but that's how,
0: that's how good. Yeah, <laughs> what, well, what, yeah, that's a whole another topic. Last weekend, I was like, oh, "What's
5: number twelve doing They're out right. here this much?" Bateman's Bateman's
0: a stud. I'll give it. BC Johnson, man, out. Yeah, what happened? Here? What happened to Tajay Sharp? Um, that's still going on. That never should have happened. Yeah, That's what, what happened to Tajay Sharp is it never should have happened. All
2: right, that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd, our Gopher football season primer for you guys. That was fun. Good times, and uh, you can catch Action Movie Rewind on the podcast feed tomorrow. See you guys.